All right, everyone. It is Thursday, and it's that time for another MSP initiative session. Uh, today we have Frank from uh, Audit IT. I probably said that wrong, but that's how I always viewed it. Um, and we're just going to talk today about the sales process. Frank, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing well. We're uh, slowly crawling out of uh, quarantine in New Jersey, so it's getting warmer and we're, we're looking forward to uh, more things opening up. So I'm doing well. Thank you for having That's me. Good. I didn't realize you're in New Jersey. I'm, I'm here in Philly, so we're not that far away. Oh yeah. All right. So we're in the, we're in the same boat as they say. Yeah, more or less. I mean, yeah, you know, at least, you know, people, I mean, they, they let people go to the beach, right? I mean, that was, that was kind of super important for the holiday. They did. Yeah. I drove, uh, I drove down to Asbury park and I kind of came back up along the coastline, uh, back towards where I live. And I was just seeing like what was going on. It was definitely more crowded. It, the beach clubs were a little weird. There were people there, but, uh, certainly not what you'd expect from a Memorial day weekend, but it's better than being, you know, in our house. So, uh, little by little we're, we're, we're crawling out. Ah, totally. So, um, why don't you take the opportunity to like explain, who you are, where you're from, what your professional journey's been up until this point, you know, so that people can kind of understand where you're coming from. Absolutely. So uh, we're an MSP in New Jersey. I've been doing this for probably about 14 years. Uh, we always did uh, managed services, never did the break-fix thing. So we kind of came in on, a, at, on the clean side of, uh, of, of the industry. Um, about eight years ago now, Hurricane Sandy hit our area pretty hard. And, uh, like the eye of that literally, like, I think went over like the roof of our, of our office building. And we learned a pretty painful lesson in, uh, in managed services and that business continuity disaster recovery is not automatically built in. And in that case, uh, we had no electricity for 10 to 14 days. So we learned quickly that cloud was going to be a major part of that and we pivoted uh at that time there was an opportunity that was kind of handed to us we partnered with a great vendor and um we've been a cloud solutions provider since then so that kind of brings us up to this journey one of the things that i learned during that was it was pretty easy to move our existing clients over to cloud they saw the value and kind of lived through the pain but as the couple years after that, it was a little harder for us to sell cloud to prospects because the price point was higher. And we started losing deals based on price. I had a tough time conveying value. And that's when I changed up our sales process and I invented uh, audit sales presentation system. It was really designed just for us as an MSP to use. And you know, I'm in a bunch of peer groups. I let those other uh, MSPs convince me to let them use it. And then eventually we realized we had a good product. So it's, it's what I use. It's what a lot of other MSPs use to sell, make, keep things simple. And uh, that kind of brings us to this, you know, current climate and our journey, what we're seeing right now in terms of a crisis and an opportunity is not that much uh, different than what we saw in 2012, where, you know, there's an opportunity to really do some good work for the SMBs out there that, uh, that need us. Yeah. So let's, let's zoom backwards then now, you know, Everybody always talks, like tries to compare this time with, um, you know, 2008 financial crisis, right? Yeah. Uh, but Sandy, I, I almost forgot about it, Frank. I, I mean, I, I remember it now like it was yesterday, but I, I almost tried to black that out of my mind. So for the people who weren't, you know, like, listen, every, every part of the country has their thing, right? I mean, middle states have her, you know, tornadoes right. a lot and, you know, there's hurricanes down the coast here and stuff like that. But um, let's talk about between 2008, between Sandy and between now, what are, what are the similarities there, right? Because, I mean, everybody thinks of these as deck, uh, economic downturn times. So from a sales perspective, I mean, it's four times the amount of work, right? Right. I think this, you know, one thing we have to look at it is when you sell solutions as an MSP to, to the SMBs, in, in good times when things are working, what people expect, right? It's, it seems to be that in the times of crisis, that's where opportunities blossom, right? That's where you find out if your plan worked or not. And for us at the time in 2012, what we sold to our clients failed them. 
and became really, it, it, it didn't fail them in a, in, a, in, a, in a sense that like I was selling bad product. It was that I failed to explain to them the value of business continuity and disaster recovery. And I think in 2012, they didn't really have a great solution. Cloud was just starting out. I, I, I didn't have anything to sell to them at the time. And when I say it failed them, I remember one client, he, he summoned me to his office. You know, it would, should have been a 15 minute ride. It took me two hours to get there, driving around trees and telephone poles. And he's yelling at me, we're standing in front of the server, like it's a dead body, but it's dry, it's backed up, it's, you know, there's nothing wrong, we unplugged it from the wall. He's like, I need this server to work. And I said, you have no electricity. And it was almost laughable. I said, I, you know, I'm sorry. He goes, I, and I pay you X thousands of dollars a month, I want this to work. And, and, and at that moment, I said, you know, I'm either going to solve for this, or I'm going to lose out, someone else is going to get my business. So I, that's when I pivoted quickly. So what I saw to what happened recently, you know, I, during the sales process, like we would mention, you know, business continuity and more than one prospect would say to me, Hey, you know, well, we have a generator at the office. I said, okay, touche. But you know what, what happens when you can't get to the office anymore? Right. Because that's what we just saw. You're not allowed to go to your office. Do you have a generator? Good for you. Now you're now again, we failed right now for us. I, I say we is in a, in, in a broad sense for us. Um, we were, we were very lucky because we, we sell almost exclusively a cloud solution and our clients send us some really nice, you know, emails and notes saying, thanks so much for selling us this because for us as business as usual, we've been working from home or wherever for all these years. So thank God, because we haven't had much of a negative impact. So it made me feel really good. However, we do know that, there's a lot of SMBs out there that are hurting, right? Whether their own MSP failed them or they didn't have an MSP. And that's where I see the opportunity, right? There's an opportunity for, for us as, as MSP community. And we have an obligation to, to the SMBs, right? To sell them the right solutions to make sure that, that they can continue to run. Because as far as I'm concerned, small businesses hold together, you know, the, 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 the economic fabric of the country. And we and they deserve better, you know, from from the MSPs. We we should be doing hundred percent. Are you comfortable sharing with the people watching this today? Uh, so it sounds like you were selling traditional premise based stuff, like everybody was um, back in twenty twelve, Sandy time. Um, what did you pivot to? Do you mind sharing? Absolutely, yeah. Proud of our, our relationship to this day. So. Um, my search led me to a bunch of different vendors. And at the time, you know, there was, you, you probably remember the, uh, the hallways at the trade shows were all cloud something. And a lot of them, you know, had a cute logo and they got some, you know, some dollars and, and hope for the best. And I found one OS 33 and I, and I liked them. And for a bunch of reasons, number one, they had been doing it for about like 14 years at the time directly. So they had, they had business. So they had skin in the game. They had current clients. Uh, that was one. Two is they focused primarily on the financial services market, which is what we focus on. So they understood the, the compliance and the high level of security that was required. Uh, they were in New York, so they kind of understood our, you know, our, our metropolitan area you know, fairly well in terms of like what the expectations are. And uh, they wrote the software to manage it all, which was important because, you know, trying to do these, you know, multi-tenant type, you know, environments is complicated if, uh, if you don't have a way. So I jumped in with them. I had signed the, the partner deal um, maybe like a month before Hurricane Sandy hit. And <clears throat> I, I figured it was either going to go really well or really bad, right? I had a product and I was like, well, here we go. We were going to start selling it. And uh I sold so much of it. I, I, I think we're one of their like top five partners, you know, today. Uh, they, they're, they're very good to us and uh, it's been a, a wonderful relationship. We've, we've grown along with them, but uh, yeah, OS 33. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's good to know everybody's using different stuff. So yeah, you never know. Um, so, all right. Post Sandy, right. It's kind of like the time that we're in now, right. We're coming maybe out of COVID possibly. Um, what was the sales process that looked, you know, that you went through then? And then after we kind of understand that, I'd like to understand how that matured into what's happening now today. Cause yeah. I'm sure it didn't happen like that. There had to have been a maturity process here. Yeah, not at all. Um, you know, back then my process was uh, that my marketing was really good. And then my deliverable sucked. Right. So my marketing got people to raise their hands. I'll give Robin Robbins all, all the credit for some great marketing. And usually it was, hey, schedule an assessment with me and I'm going to communicate 
to you what you should, you know, what you should do. I'm going to educate you. But my, my sales process really, what it ended up being was the proposal hmm. because I couldn't figure out how to cobble together all the myriad, you know, data that I would get. I'd show up with a proposal. And it was the easy way out because again, the presentation wasn't very good. Most people didn't question like, Hey, where's the, where's the assessment? Except for one person called me out on, I remember a lady, she said, well, where's the assessment? And I like, I can feel my face getting red. And I said, well, what I did was I, I kind of just skipped forward. Like I assessed everything and this is the solution. And she, she wasn't buying it. I didn't get that deal. So what, so what, like, did you like, I know there's, popular tools out there, rapid fire, stuff like that. Yeah. What was the assessment? Like, what did you do? Did you yeah, just I do used, it? Like, well, I, I used rapid fire tools. Um, I would, you know, do some, you know, data gathering back then. It was, uh, it was perfect because a lot of those environments were like small business server environments you could scan, but I would end up, you know, with a thick report that to me wasn't salesy enough. So I, you know, I couldn't present it. I didn't know how to translate it and pull in all the other data points. And so I would just go right to the proposal and I was losing a lot of deals based on price. It drove me crazy. And that's when I said, all right, I got I have to do something different because I was frustrated. I knew I had a great solution. I was like, guys, I could solve the problem we had with Sandy, but there was a huge disconnect between my telling of that story. So when I created audit, it was really about simplifying the sales process and making it a little more emotional and, and, really talking to the prospect at their level and not forgetting that, you know, we as MSPs are a whole lot smarter from a technology standpoint than they are. And we, we're not, our goal and job isn't to give them a PhD in IT. It's to educate them in a way that they could make a, a simple buying decision and feel good about it. And at the end of the day, it's they who are the ones who benefit. If I can't sell to them, it hurts me, but it hurts them more, right? Because they're not, they're missing out on a great solution. So where we've changed it now, the last four years or so is when I do the assessment, my deliverable is not technical at all. In fact, they don't even see the proposal until it's time to sign because all the proposal is, is just simply a, a formality. You know, I've already told them how much it is monthly and I've showed them visually and emotionally, like this is what you would be getting. Here's where you are today. Here's where you could be. But, and, when, and here's how much it costs. And, you know, I, I, I was telling a story the other day. Uh, I bought some landscape lighting, right? The guy sold me a vision of what it was going to look like. He showed me my house, did a picture, and he, like, showed the lights. And I had a vision. I don't even know what brand the lights are, right? If he showed me a normal proposal and all the part numbers, I probably would have, like, Googled on the internet and said, oh, you know, I could buy the light for, uh, you know, three bucks cheap. Yeah, I can do it myself. It would never look the same, but that's what happens, right? So I, so I said, you know, that's how I sell now. I just sell the – and I'm not duping them, right? I'm selling them on what they'll be getting as an end result that they can understand. And sure, if you want to see the bits and bytes, I can go through it. But I don't, I don't bring the proposal. Well, no, 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 no. Let's, let's zoom back. Let's zoom back. So, okay. you know, prospect calls you today. You're, you're, you're a local technology company. These guys, you know, went through COVID, for example. They didn't have what they needed. They, they really just didn't have a solution or whatever it was. They call you in. What does that process look like right now? Okay. Like walk me through yeah, so we're still in the, in the middle of this right yeah. now, right? So, you know, it, 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 we're learning as we go along. But I can tell you that it's been more virtual for us. Um, I don't do a whole lot of scanning things. I feel like that's more of a forensic level uh, audit. And I remind them, I say, hey, I'm trying to do a high level 27 point audit for you where, you know, we can kind of show you where you are today. We can get more forensic. So I can do a good um, amount of that data collection, so to say, by having a business conversation with them. Okay. And, and as a salesperson, if you, if you stop talking, the prospect will tell you exactly what they'll buy and what their pain points and problems are. So I make notes of those and those are the areas that I will explore more into. I don't want to, you know, delve into an area that they're not super interested in, even though it's important, I can get to that. So I try to keep it high level. Um, we've done one uh, assessment during this process where I basically listen. Now, you know, what am I hearing right now? Uh, work from home is a fiasco. And, you know, like, it, so it's all about business continuity. And I've said, 
for a while now, George, one of the things that shifted really quick, cloud came in and went out fast, right? The cybersecurity took over in a, in a, in a major way. It's better clickbait. It got a lot more, you know, media coverage, but it never stopped being a solution. We just stopped really talking about it. And I think what we're going to see is a tilt back in the industry now and that the vendors who are delivering BCDR are going to become more important, but that's what I'm focusing on. So when we're, we're looking at the assessments, I know right now a pain point is an antivirus, right? It's important for sure, but that's not what people are telling us is important. So we're focusing our assessments a little bit more on the business continuity disaster recovery, showing them like, you know, where the, where the, where the, where the problems are, they're already in the middle of, of the pain right now. Now is a good opportunity to show them how your solution, you know, could, it could benefit them moving forward. So, so during the interaction, right, you're saying you're doing this virtually, right? doesn't sound like you went to somebody's place, right? You started asking targeted questions. Right. How do you extract how much they're willing to pay or if they have a budget? Is it just a direct question or is there a more nuanced way to get to there? Yeah, that's an awesome question. So, I've always believed you can't let them do the math for themselves, right? So we, this is the approach we take. Number one, I have to show you where you are today visually. So we use color, red, yellow, and green. Everybody understands the stoplight mentality. I don't have to take 10 minutes to explain that. When they see the, we call it a summary impact page. There's actually no writing on it. It's just the colors. I say, this is where you're at. And, you know, the people who see a lot of red and yellow go, oh, man, like, what is, and, they're, and they lean forward. They never used to do this. And they go, oh, like, what does this mean? I want to know more. And I say, oh, okay. And then what they do is they look down and we do the math for them because we score it from zero to 100, right? I have to make it easy for you to figure out, well, like, where am I? Where is all this red, yellow, and a couple green boxes? What does this mean? So if I tell you you scored a, a 27, you know where you are now on a scale. Mm -hmm. Then what I do is I always ask them, what are you spending? Now, I know from experience that my best prospect is somebody else's client, right? I want people who are working with an MSP because it's easier for me to get them to pay the money monthly with me because they're already doing it. They're already conditioned, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't always happen that way. But if you tell me I currently spend $2,000 a month, I'll make the math easy for us. And you scored a 50. I just simply say, Hey, that's like spending four grand a month. You just get half of what you, what, what you should have. Right. And so we is, do the is math. It that, actually, is it really that easy? You make it it's really, really easy, Frank. I, and, 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 and here's what the example leads to. And, and even if they like doubt my math or they're like, well, it's not really a straight line. I say, here's the conclusion that you can draw either. Number one, you're not getting what you're paying for right? Which in that case, you would agree to say, yeah, I'm paying, you know, two grand a month, but I'm only getting half of what I need, right? Or you're spending enough money or you're not spending, I'm sorry, or you're not spending enough money. So, you know, a lot of times we say, yeah, you know, you, you told me you're spending $800 a month and you scored a, a 23 and they go, yeah, work out again. Well, we're paying for it. I said, yeah, you're just not paying enough. So what I'm doing there is I'm already planting the seed for the money talk, right? Because I know my solution is going to cost more money. However, I'm showing them you went from a 23 to a 97. And now they immediately can, can you know, uh, understand that, mm. yes, your solution is 3500 bucks a month, but it solves for all the problems. There's a lot of green boxes there. You've really de-technicalized, if that's even a word. Yeah. That's my word, I guess. You've really taken that out of this process. You've made it into more of a, well, hey, guys, this is really a one, two, three thing. I don't need to over evangelize here. This is it. Nope. That's exactly what I do. I, I, I jokingly say I sell green boxes. And when I do my business reviews, if we sit down and I, you know, I use the same exact report with clients and they're used to it now every quarter or, or whatever the frequency is, you know, they see the report. God forbid I show up, there's a yellow or a red box. Mm. We don't focus on the green because they're like, we're not going to go through all this. We know this is fine. What's this red box? Like they're mad. Like, oh, what is this red box? And I go, hey, this is, you know, and who knows, you know, like there's, there's a lot of great, a lot of, these days, it's a lot of cybersecurity stuff, you know, that we're introducing. So I'd say, well, hey, you know, you should, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll throw one out there. Um, we, we signed up as a partner with Huntress, right? I, mm -hmm. Great solution. Show up with a red box on there. What is this? I very simply explain it. And they always go, how much is this? 
And I go, I'm glad you asked. And I, you know, I have my, I have a proposal that I don't lead with. I go, it's uh, $3 more a month for a workstation. All right, let's do it. If they say no, the next business review, that red box is still there. Number one, I've covered my butt because they know that I've, I've you know, we talked about it in the previous review. That red box will bug them. And eventually they'll go, all right, let's, let's, let, let's turn that green. And so that's some this, this is what you meant by making it emotional, right? You're yeah, literally seeing it. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. So let me ask you a question then. What was your percentage uh, close? You know, like, you know, if you met 10 people and, you know, two people close, right? 20%. So yeah. what was your percentage close before this model? <laughs> and since now, after you've implemented it, what is it now? So I could tell you, I made the cardinal sin back in the day is I used to lower my price down to make mm. the sale. Yeah. So I don't know what my exact percentage was, like the real percentage was probably would have been like 10 to 20%, you know, with qualified prospects, but it was higher because I would lower my price and then eventually they would buy from me. It's like the worst thing you can do as an MSP, you're taught not to do that, you know, not to price it wrong and don't lower your price down. Um, now I would say my closing rate with the right process, 80%. And you know what I do if, um, if they say to me, well, look, we really want to use you, but we don't want to spend that $3,500 a month that you're pitching. Is there anything we can do? I bring the, the, you know, the sheet back out, you know, and I say, yeah, let's figure out which of these green boxes we can flip them back to red or yellow and we can lower the price. And you'd be surprised. They go, well, no, no, we don't want to do that. Oh, no, that I definitely want to give up. So a lot of times they come to the conclusion, they go, okay, you know what? Let, let's do it. And because I'm simply showing them that I can't lower my price. I wasn't lying about it. Like I wasn't like, well, you know, I can, I can take 10% off. But you'll get the same stuff. I simply say, let's just remove some things. And they so don't really do you, want to do that. Do you play the, hey, if you sign on for more years, I give you a better price? Or is that not even part of the equation? I do three-year agreements right out of the gate anyway. I just simply tell them, I say, listen, if, if you're looking to do this short term, you know, there's an investment that we make in you This, you know, not overload. we're looking for a long-term relationship. So I always lead with, this is our most aggressive pricing. If we go backwards, it's only going to go up in price. Mm. I think I had one person I can remember in recent years that said, it's okay. We want to do a one or a two-year deal because you know, we're concerned about, you know, being locked in. I was like, okay, it's 10%. In fact, I had to, I had to make a number up because I wasn't even sure like what to, to go to because we're just so used to people taking the three-year price. So I, I increased it and they paid me more money and a year went by and they're still a client. So, you know, it was win-win for both of us, I guess. So how much more difficult then now, right? Like 20, like t tell me how 2019 was for you because by all yeah. accounts, the economy was on fire. Absolutely. I mean, people were just swiping the card, right? Absolutely. 2019 was our best year yet. Um, sales, uh, I forget our exact numbers, but our revenue was up uh, and, and our um, uh, income was up about 35, 40% across the board. Um, we had a great year. Um, people were in buying mode. We had high hopes for 2020 that it would continue, roll right over. You know, we had the whole Windows 7, you know, end of life thing and people were going to be replacing hard drives or I'm sorry, uh, uh, computers, you know, into, you know, January, early part of the year and that buying trend would continue. And, uh, you know, this hits, you know, no one even could predict it. And I think what's changed right now for sure is, is the value, right? Existing clients are looking to make sure they're getting the value, which we talked about, like, or am I getting what I'm paying for? So like the sales presentation that we do, I think is more important now than ever, because you could show the value. If you're doing a business review with your client, you want to be able to remind them of what you're delivering to them. And if it's a prospect, I think when people are buying now new, they're most certainly making sure they're getting you know, value for their, for their dollars. They're way more careful where they're spending it because, you know, of what's going on and there's a certain amount of unpredictability. So I have Lisa who piped in here with the question. She said, I was uh, pitching to a prospect and they felt that the red boxes were too hard or they didn't agree with the coloring system. How do you offset that situation? So I've never, I've never had anybody say that to me uh, directly. I think that um, depends who you're pitching to. Like I, 
say 90% of us are pitching to a business owner or an office manager, you know, someone who's the decision maker there. And I found they appreciate that. Um, every once in a while, you know, a larger prospect might have either an internal IT resource or, or some other expert or friend who's going to sit in on that. And then they may challenge you. Yeah, I give the quote because, you know, there's always a friend or a guy, right? Everybody's got the guy. Yeah, my and, cousin, uh, Tim, yeah, he's going to come in and help. Yeah, yeah he knows more than you. And, and so you could be challenged on it. And you know what? That's fine because I never do the presentations without having, you know, backup material. I'm not making this up, right? I'm not just like putting a bunch of red and hope they believe me. I do have the backup. So, you know, whether I'm using rapid fire or lion guard or another product like that, you know, the scan or dark, you know, ID agent to scan for dark web stuff. You know, I, I do have the empirical evidence. My experience is, is that 90% of the prospects just don't care. They don't want to see that. I don't understand it. Uh, the other 10% is, is I'm guessing what, what through this falls is someone who's a little more technical and really what they're saying is I, I want to see why this is red. Like I don't totally believe you and that's fine too. You know, and you break out the uh, you know, the empirical evidence and you can show them and say, here's the conclusion that I've drawn. And you know what? Yeah. It's only three things, right? I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. It's either red, yellow, or green, right? We can't really fight much about that, right? It's either if it's so, not so green and it's not red, it's in the middle. It's yellow. So let me just, for, for the sake of being totally transparent with everybody on the call, yep. what, like, give us an example of a yellow versus a red versus a green. Like, pick a category yeah. and just spell it out for I, us. I, I'll use antivirus, right? So if you go around, you know, to an environment and there's 10 computers, let's say you even just do a sampling. You look at six of them or five of them, and there's all different versions of AV, and some are expired, and two don't have any antivirus, right? To me, that's like a red, you know, I'm going to come up with a summary bottom line statement and say, you're running various versions of antivirus that are unmonitored and some are expired. Done. That's bad. That's a red in my mind. Green. Hey, we've got uh, Sentinel one rolled out, you know, to all the machines and it's being monitored by your, by your provider. That's awesome. Yellow. Hey, maybe you have uh, you know, an, an on-prem antivirus solution. And it's rolled out, it's consistent, but there's no monitoring of it, let's say, you know, like it's, it's out there, but no one's really watching to see if there's alerts or any viruses. To me, that's the, the nuances. You can come up with other ones yourself, but it's pretty simple to fit them neatly in those three categories. Right on. So I've got a question. What's up, Mario? Asked a question here. He said, sorry if I missed it, but do you give them this audit report after the meeting, during the meeting, before the meeting, like at what point are they seeing documentation from you? Yeah, so I follow a, a three meeting process. So meeting number one is where I sell the audit and I, I usually do the fact finding during that same meeting. Um, we could talk more about it if you have another question about it, but I always sell it because I believe there's value here and I've got a much more engaged prospect if they pay for it than if I give it away for free. So first meeting is about that fact finding uh, in their office. Second meeting I like to have in my office. I like to control the environment. I like them to see that, you know, we've got an office and a process and people here and I get their attention a little bit more because they're not checking email and distracted. Yeah. Um, I bring them there and I do the, uh, the, the presentation and I use my audit report. I don't take the proposal out at all. My audit report has uh, on my proposed solution, it does show what the monthly is. So let's say it's $3,500 a month. They don't see how I got to that number. So I don't give them the recipe on how to make the sausage. I simply say, here's the sausage. Um, we go through the report. A lot of times at that moment, they're not ready to make the decision. I scheduled my third meeting and I say, this is the decision-making meeting. And for me, I usually always give a discount when I sell the audit. So as an example, like if I sell it for $9.97, I might discount it. I might say, hey, you know, we're having a pre-summer special. It ends end of May, I'm going to give you $500 off. So it's actually $4.97. If you use us, however, I'll credit you the full $9.97 against the onboarding project. Otherwise, you just pay us $4.97. So what I do is I set that third meeting up as either I'm going to give you $9.97 or you're going to give me $4.97. Either way, you keep the audit report. You never get my proposal. I'm not going to give you the proposal so you could shop around and someone can Google you know, all over and go, I can get the firewall for six bucks cheaper, that kind of thing. So they get the report. It's our professional opinion. 
they get to see exactly what they get for us and how much. I just don't explain what I'm giving to you. So they go back to their current MSP and this happens too. A lot of times I get to that third meeting and they go, we are so upset. And I go, why? And they go, cause we met with our current MSP and we, we told them, you know, we're spending two grand a month and we scored a 27. And then they started scrambling and giving us proposals and telling us, well, yeah, we could, we could sell you this or we can upgrade your antivirus or we can upgrade the firewall. And they get mad about that because they figure, you know, if, you, if we never asked you about it, it would have been just same old, same old. Like they expect their MSP to more, be more, more proactive and explain that to them. So that's, that's, very, how I, that's, no, how that's, that's actually a very good view. I mean, you know, for years, people would pipe in all these line items and parts and, you know, try and like smush together all like 30 things in order to get to the price at the bottom. And then, or the customer's like, well, what exactly is the price for this piece? Right. And then all of a sudden you're like, why'd you key in on just antivirus or just this? Yeah. Like, so, so, you know, what happened, and, and this actually comes in a question from Jonathan here. He's like, what's your qualifying process look like before you even, you know, go down this road, right? Do you, you know, you know, how do you get to the point where you decide I'm going to put this three meeting process in place or do you, you know, or you say, you know what, this isn't a good fit. Let's just not do this. Yeah. So I think the first thing is it starts with your marketing, right. And, and making sure that you're targeting the right people. So let's assume that that's, you know, you've got that nailed down, right. You've got some people now raising your hands. Um, we're driving them to our website. Our website's very clear. Our call to action is schedule an assessment, right? That's what we want you to do. Uh, we don't give you 500 other things to think about. It's, it's schedule an assessment. And what I find is that uh, charging people for the assessment is, is a good qualifier. If I've got the right marketing, and the right message and then they agree to pay for the for the assessment i've got a really good qualified prospect that has a high probability to close especially if they have a current so just pause right there and i'll let you finish the rest of your thought the, your assessment's about a thousand dollars right so yep. how many people you know of the hundred percent of the people that come through your marketing your website your leads how many of them actually pay like what's your prospect to the 90 percent because i don't tell them i don't tell them the price the first you know before we go there on meeting one we do some qualifying questions like there's some questions like how many how many years do you have what are you looking to do you know we want to make sure they're a good cloud fit because i'm not i haven't sold an on-prem server and, and i can't tell you how many years and no prospect's going to convince me to do it i'll just pass on the opportunity i mean i think there's other msps that will do a better job for them and they should get that business but um, you know, those are the basic qualifying questions that we'll go through. If, if that is a good fit, um, then what we say is, hey, well, we'd like to, you know, let's book the first meeting. We'll come on site. We'll explain our process. That's when I tell them, you know, it's a paid audit. Here's what it is. I, I give them a uh, audit consent form that they sign off on. It's, I, I, I kind of say, you ever go to the supermarket, you buy something and you find out that one item was like, like 20 bucks when you thought it was like three and you're, I don't want to say you're too embarrassed, but you kind of feel weird. Like, Oh, never mind. I'm going to like, you know, put this back or stick it on the shelf with the gum. So I think a lot of people get to that point and think, you know, I don't know if I want to spend, you know, the 500 bucks, you know, with the discount, but you know, I'm going to do it. You know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to buy now. And you know, it's not really pressure. I, I like to think of it more as a, you know, limited time offer. Like I'm trying to, you know, like get them to make a quick decision. And a lot of them will do it and they see it, you know, Hey, there's a discount here. I could get a thousand dollar credit towards a project and that's how we'll get them to do it. Only, only a couple I can remember didn't want to sign and we left. I said, okay, I'm sorry. This is our process. You know, what I said to them, I go, what I do is not worth zero. And what I deliver you is not worth nothing. I said, you don't want me to do a freebie job. I'm going to just wing it. And I said, I know your time's not worth anything. And they, few of them still said, well, you know, we don't want to spend 500 bucks. Okay. You know, there's other MSPs out there, but it doesn't happen often. You're on mute. Sorry about that. I probably should have asked this question earlier, but do you mind sharing with the crowd how big your MSP is? Yeah. So uh, last year we closed up uh, just about at 2.8 million in, uh, in revenue. Uh, we have uh, nine people in our, in our company. And we have about, uh, about 63 clients or so on uh, OS 33 and probably about another 20 that we do some managed, you know, managed firewall or managed, you know, communication type stuff. So most of our business is, uh, is, is cloud. Okay. So I'm going to ask you some off topic questions. It's worth mentioning because we're in the middle of it. 
Yep. Did any of your customers come back and ask you to modify, adjust, or, you know, defer any of your payments, you know, because of the, the coronavirus situation? That's a great question. So one thing I can tell you is uh, you can never predict what's going to happen because um, we have some nonprofits in here with some really, really good nonprofit clients. And in my mind, I thought um, that they would be the first ones They, you know, they, they all had to furlough some people. A um, couple got, you know, terminated as we got a little bit farther along into this. So I was prepared for the, for, for some of them to, uh, to come to us and not one of them asked for anything. Uh, in fact, uh, we did send an email out early on uh, and I, I, I wanted to set the message like, listen, you know, other MSPs are out there marketing and saying, hey, if anybody needs help, which is admirable. I, I think that is a great message to send. But I said to my clients, I'm just letting you know I'm not doing that. I'm focusing on you. Anything you need or you know, you're a client, you come first, prospects will come later. And that uh, actually elicited a lot of people saying, thank, thank you so much for the platform we're on. It's really worked great you know, we would be in so much worse shape. So it gave me a good sense that I've done good work. And a lot of the, of the ones who I thought would ask for discounts accepted the fact that they need this technology now more than ever. And I think they were, they were almost embarrassed to ask for a discount because they're like, we're using you now more than ever. How could I ask you to give it to us for free? I had a couple of clients. I was surprised. I, I they asked me for, you know, discount or forgiveness. Um, and, you know, one or two, I, I gave, I forgave a couple. I said, look, we'll defer your payment. You got to pay us eventually. Um, so, I, you know, we did it on a case-by-case -case basis, but it was not as many as I thought. And I really think it was primarily because they have the right solution now. We learned from Sandy. And because they saw it working, it's like, how can you ask for a discount on something that's working for you? Like, you want to break it. And I think we were just in a good position for that. I mean, no one would ever have predicted we'd ever have this you know, period of time in our business life where I would get this kind of feedback, but to see it um, was rewarding for me as an MSP. And I know other MSPs are like that too. I mean, we're, I think we are all really driven by an innate desire to really want to do what's right for SMBs. And sometimes it's frustrating because we can't get them to buy the right solutions. And then it's times like this where they realize, oh, now I know why you wanted to sell me that solution. You go, I told you so, but it's hard now because now it's like after the fact, right? So what did you, yeah, because you're primarily like virtual desktop in the cloud kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I know a lot of people have different concepts of what remote working are, you know, VPN and all this, whatever. Yeah. Um, did you pivot to charge more or less? How did you factor in home computers that weren't necessarily covered? Like how did that all work out? Yeah, we, we had to figure out what our messaging was pretty quickly because we said if we wait for our clients to tell us like what it's going to be, we're going to take them for a ride. So um, we told the clients, listen, um, we recommend that if you're going to send people on to home computers that we've never touched before, that we onboard them like we normally would. Um, we charge a, a fixed fee to do that. But we said, you know, it's the right thing to do is what I recommend. And you could always remove them later on down the line. So, you know, maybe you add them for three months and decide, let's take Mary's computer off the plan. But I said, that's the, the right thing to do. Um, the other option was, is we'll certainly help support it, but we treat it as what we call agentless support. So we just charge hourly. So if you want us to work on a computer we've never touched, you don't want to put it on our plan you know, it takes two hours, we'll just send you an invoice. Most of the people followed our advice and said, let's onboard. So we probably onboarded, um, I would say somewhere between 50 and 60 more computers. So it wasn't that I raised the price or anything, but it, we generated more revenue, right? Because we added another 50 to 60 managed workstations and we're helping them. And it makes it easier for us to do our job and keep them safe and secure. So that was what we primarily saw. To be honest with you, I don't see many of these clients taking these computers off anytime soon because I think the new normal for us now is a work from home concept is going to be, you know, um, a part of our normal work life now, right? Where people are going to be like, well, if something should happen, we'll cross that bridge. Now, like, now we want to be prepared. Just like with Sandy, you know, people bought generators are a little more prepared now. New Jersey is one of those states because you're, you know, because of the whole proximity to New York, right? I mean, for some reason, they, they're, they're still going to be under lockdown for some time, it seems. Um, yeah. New Jersey, just always sandwiched in between. Um, 
quick question from David here. He's like, hey, can you quickly like just resummarize the three meeting concept that you do? Like yeah. what do you accomplish in one, two, and three? And like how quickly does that process occur? Yep. Meeting number one is my, I call it fact finding meeting. It's where a discovery session where I'm going to sit down and find out like how I can help you. And I do a lot of listening. I do a lot of note taking. Uh, it takes 60 to 90 minutes. And I do tell them, we mentioned on our website too, your current IT provider won't even know we were there. So I don't want it to be intrusive. I don't want to be, I don't need the admin password. I'm not like knocking the place apart and, you know, setting off the alarm. Um, that's meeting number one. Before I leave, we book meeting number two. I never want to leave and chase somebody down. Meeting number two, um, within a week, I find is a good amount of time. One, because um, if we wait too long, it's hard to get that meeting. But number two, typically a week, and I call that the presentation of findings meeting. That's in my office. You guys come by. We're going to show you. Sometimes it, it ends up into a little demo. I might show them, you know, sell some sizzle of the cloud. So, you know, we have a big, you know, screen in the conference room. I can show them a couple features or really get them, them thinking. And then uh, the third one, I say, you know what, let's book the meeting and, uh, you know, you can make a decision, you know, whether you, you, we, you have a basis to move forward. And then sometimes I'll joke around, I'll say, we'll figure out if you're going to give me 500, I'm going to give you a thousand. And we kind of, ha ha ha, you know, but it's it, it psychologically, it sits there with them. And uh, again, about a week. So about three weeks or so for the whole process for us, you know, it's a consultative sale, you know, and it takes some time. That one week between meeting two and three is pivotal because sometimes they take the audit report back and they show their partner. They're like, Joe, you got to see this. And you know what's cool is Tom can tell Joe because this is written in a, in a language they can understand. It's simple, right? Previously, the only language they ever spoke was the last page proposal bottom line number. 5,000 is greater than 4,000, therefore that's bad, right? Now they go, look at this. You know, we're at a 27, we could be at a 97. And so about, about three weeks for that process. So now it sounds like that second and third meeting or maybe even first meeting, are they now all happening virtually? Like, is that the MO for the time being until like things get a little bit calmer? Yeah, that's a great question. Because we're still in the middle of this, you know, we, we've onboarded one client now completely virtually, but they were in our pipeline already. So they don't really count. Like I had already, they were like thinking about it. And then when this happened, they were like, oh my God, we should have made a decision, you know, two weeks ago, but we were able to virtually uh, get them migrated and, and help them out. I haven't actually done a, a virtual meeting yet for a prospect fully. We've set a couple up. Um, you know, and we're still trying to figure out what we want to do. Um, I can tell you what we have done is a bunch of business reviews with existing clients. And here's what we've changed. Uh, the audit report has always been a PDF format. But one of the problems we have now virtually is, you know, PDF is, is, is you know, vertical in, the, in portrait mode, right? And it's a little hard to scroll through. It loses a little bit of its, of its punch when, you know, someone's watching you do that. So we changed the output in audit now where you also have an option to generate a, a PowerPoint slide deck. So now what I do is I hit, you know, output PowerPoint and in 20 seconds, I have a whole slide deck all the same information, but now it's formatted. All I have to do is say present and I go through it. So we've done, uh, I think six business reviews with existing clients uh, to, you know, to discuss one or two solutions. Maybe we think they might want to add right now or to validate like what we were already doing. And uh, I can tell you, they, they love the format. I mean, we're all doing zoom meetings anyway, right? It's just a whole lot easier and I can step through it. So that's something that we did. Uh, we've got some great feedback from some of our partners that that's, that's helped them as well. But we have not, you know, truly gone through an entire um, uh, assessment process yet on a prospect, you know, mostly because New Jersey is still somewhat locked down. So David comes back again. He was the one who asked about, hey, can you, can you help us summarize your meeting process again? Yep. So uh, his question is, if the second meeting is the presenting of the, you know, the story, right? And that ultimately comes with what your offering is, right? Hey, here's how much it's going to cost to do it, to, to remediate, and here's the package. Um, he's trying to understand what the, what the purpose of meeting three is, right? So maybe yep. there's a gap. And what's, you know, like it sounds like, at least from what I gather, is that 
in meeting two, they need to take that information back and either chew on it or present it maybe to their existing provider or their other, you know, decision makers in the, in the company. And it gives them time to review, but give us, you know, your feedback on meetings two versus three. Yeah. So you, you just really captured the essence of it. What I just found now I've, I've closed in meeting two before, but I don't, I mean, like I expect I will, I don't always do it. And so I, I usually realize I need a third meeting and what happens between meetings two and three is where the emotion kicks in. Right. A lot of times they touch base with their existing it company and say, what the heck, man. And that it company, I tell them, I go share it with your it, share it with another MSP. To your point, we talked about antivirus. Hey, you got three options, right? As long as I didn't lie and the AV is really in crappy shape, what are you going to say if you're their MSP? Oh, yeah, well, I, I can sell you Sentinel-1, right? So what you're doing is you're driving the wedge without bad-mouthing their current IT provider. It's festering, right? So what I found was that if they can't make an, a decision to buy a meeting two, between two and three is where the magic happens for them without me really doing much of anything. They think about it. They show their partner. They talk about it with the existing MSP. The existing MSP is like, well, what are they pitching to you for $3,500 a month? I well, don't know. Very, but if, That's very if, intriguing because you said your, you know, your format doesn't line item really anything. Like you have categories. Right. But you're not really saying, well, I'm using Sophos versus SonicWall versus Watch. Like you've right. taken all of the technical really yeah. away, right? Just like me, I didn't care what the brand of my landscape lights were. Do you think the attorney you're selling to cares whether it's a WatchGuard or a SonicWall? He doesn't even know what that means. It means something to the MSP that you might displace. And he and know what he's going to do? He's going to start saying, well that watch guard isn't as good as sonic wall because it doesn't have this and and the and the uh the attorney is just going to tune it right out he's like i have no idea what you're talking about all i did was i showed him red and now it's green let the other msp defend you know why it is i tell people you better run an audit on your current client before someone runs it on them as a prospect because then you're going to be sitting there with the report on the wrong side of the table trying to try to explain why there's a bunch of red and yellow right so yeah, I think so. I think one thing maybe didn't really come out of this, right? Which is, let's say they decide to come on board. Hey, let's do this. Let's sign. You yep. bring them on. You go to the like. We didn't even talk about what happens after they sign, right? Maybe that's another webinar. But they sign. You do the work. Now they're a customer. Now they're running. These quarterly or these customer kind of business reviews is that same format. Exactly. And it's literally go, it's following the same concept yeah. as they're progressing forward. I'll give you an example. Like a lot of times in the initial um, onboardings, we're not going to replace like the workstations and things. So we love Warranty Master. We think their report pairs perfectly with our report. It's simple. It's easy to understand. It's right to the point. So I might say to them, listen, you've got a bunch of Windows 7 computers still, or these computers are out of warranty it's a yellow, right? That's what the, that's what your managed workstation is. But right now that's not the most important thing to you. It's business continuity. We've got to get you up and running properly in the cloud. So it's possible, you know, they're not at a hundred with your solution. Maybe there's a yellow box for that. Maybe they don't want to buy security awareness training. They don't see the value and maybe they don't want to do dark web monitoring. That's okay. So we have some yellow or red boxes in the sea of green. So when I do the next business review, they see a lot of that green. And there's, again, I didn't invent any of this stuff. I'm just a student of a lot of, of books and, and, and whatnot. And I try to learn from it. They say people are more motivated to go from a 90 to a 100 mm -hmm. than they are from a 55 to a 65. And the reason is because is they're so much closer to the finish line and they can, that's success to them, right? So in a business review, again, they came in that way. Now they're used to this report. If they're at a 96 and there's a red or yellow box, they're a lot more likely to say, yes, let's do that. Cause it gets them closer to the hundred. Cause they're that much closer to the finish. To totally psychological. Yes, absolutely. And I know it sounds like smoke and mirrors here. Like, like I'm, I'm just like duping people into buying some green boxes. I'm, I'm really selling them good stuff. And you know, they validate it for me because they're saying, thank you. 
you know, for, for the good work you've done. And, and that's all we're trying to do is empower other MSPs to be able to sell their solutions more easily and not necessarily sell it, but it's more educate the prospects so they can make a confident buying decision because nobody likes to be sold. People love to buy. I buy I have a hundred boxes on my porch right now from Amazon. I buy all the time, but no one sold it. Amnesia, don't, don't lie. You know you have it. Uh, so, so Lynette asks, is it possible to get a copy of the audit consent form that you're using? Um, and then what do you use? Like, what is the proposal? Like when you're showing that, hey, here's what I'm now offering you. Is that following the green, yellow, red? Or is that completely separate? No, we use Quozal. Uh So, you know, quote works or Quozal, same type of thing. It's all line itemed out. Um, it just details, it totals up to whatever I showed them on the audit reports. That $3,500, we've been using that as the example. At that report, if you want to add up all the nuts and bolts, it's going to end up being $3,500 a month. I just don't break that out until it becomes time for them to sell or to sign. Sorry. It's just a formality at that point. At that point, they're like, it's 3,500. Okay. I don't understand what any of this means anyway. I trust you. Um, yes, we, I can give you a, a, a copy of, um, of our audit consent form. You're supposed to check, you know, local attorney, local state have different laws. Basically what it does is it says, I'm going to see some stuff. I'm going to take some pictures and make some notes. I'm not going to share that with anybody other than for the purpose of me to put together a report. It's a, it's just a little bit of a hold harmless. And it also agree. It's, it says you agree to pay me whatever we'd agreed upon as the, oh, as it's the almost like that. Scope or kind of yeah, just a one pager. Yeah. I haven't signed it for you. I could I could provide. Fair enough. So, what's interesting is like again going back to the psychological version of this. <laughs> so, how often are you adjusting what's in the red, yellow, green? Right, because you know obviously you're pivoting, right? So as you're going into new prospects and or as you're quarterly or you know however often these business reviews are happening. How, how often are these categories changing? So we do a 27 point audit. Um, what we have found is if we do more than that, we're in the technical weeds and I can't get through the presentation in, a, in an appropriate amount of time, I start losing people. Uh, you can do a nine point. So we have some uh, partners who do like a more focused audit. They'll choose a smaller amount. But the reality is, is that we could probably come up with a list of hundreds of things you could audit, right, George? I mean, you know, like we can dig into any category, but we're not doing forensic accounting here. What we're trying to do is high level. So I have like templates that we, we do templates inside our system. I was, just about to, I was just about to ask, do you have different audit reports based on vertical? Is a dentist going to get a different one than a lawyer, than a financial guy, you know? Potentially, yeah. Like a, a lot of times, I'll I'll do it based around like like what's more important to them. So I have one that's a little more cyber heavy. I'll have one that's a little bit more you know BCDR heavy. But essentially, yeah, we I create a couple templates, and then when I meet with the prospect, inevitably we find out some things. Like I don't normally go in thinking the cabling is in bad shape, but if I'm meeting with them and they're telling me how like the network drops out and there's a, you know, a cat six line like dangling over my head out of the ceiling. When I go back, I'm going to adjust. I'm going to find a box on the 27 and I'm going to say, you know what? Like the guy, the switches are not that important there. I'll take that off. I want to put cabling in. Right. So I will adjust on the fly. So when I, again, when I present, I'm listening, they're telling me what they'll buy from me. Um, I just have to make sure I, I, I'm not like a solution looking for a problem that I'm listening and I repeat it back. So that's how I'll adjust for prospects for uh, clients. It all just depends. You know, we're, we're pretty loyal to our vendors. So, you know, we're a big Sonic wall shop and have been for 15 years. Like I'm not going to, every month change like the vendor and show a red box on a firewall and sell the new one, right? But like Huntress was new for us. So we, we created a category that helped us do an infographic and we put it on there. When ID agent, you know, we met those guys a few years back and dark web uh, monitoring became a thing that showed up on there. So um, I'd say like once a quarter, you know, there's always something that we we'll find that we, you know, we vetted and we believe is a, a good solution that might show up. So there's like, one red or yellow box a quarter. So and how, you, yeah. So how quickly shifting real quick, cause we're running out of time. How quickly is a person, you know, like a lot of MSPs, it's like owner led sales, but for people who, you know, 
you know, who want to adopt this method, right? How easy is it for somebody who's doing sales to, to incorporate? Um, I think for an MSP, it's all, it's all in their own head. MSPs, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're stuck with the curse of knowledge that we know so much. And so we're, we're styling right now, like to the eights, nines and tens, but our prospects are one, twos and threes. So a little bit of this for owner-led MSP sales is just believing that this will work and trying it. And we recommend trying it on in some business reviews and see what your clients say. If the clients are like, oh my God, it's so much easier, you'll have the confidence to then go use it for prospects. For people that are true salespeople, we hear all the time to go, thank God, like for you guys, because we've been trying to tell, you know, the owner of the business that what we're doing is too technical and doesn't work. This makes my life so much easier and it's easier to sell. So I think true salespeople, it's quick adoption. I think for, you know, owner-led MSPs, it's easy to, to use and put together. I just think they need a little bit more convincing because they're still, and I'm a tech guy. Like I have a mechanical engineering degree. I didn't go to school for sales. I developed this because I was sick of losing deals. And I'm like, I'm not a great sales guy. I have to figure out a way to force myself as a tech to stop being technical. And this makes me do it. So it's pretty fast adoption. Again, it's just a little bit of a, of a shift in, in mentality as, as you approach it. What's your, uh, you know, 60 second best advice for um, people that suck at sales? Easily. Number one, uh, keep it simple. So take whatever you're doing and really ask yourself, is your prospect going to understand it? And if they're not, figure out a way to make it simpler for them to understand. Two, make it emotional, right? People buy based on emotion. You've got to figure out a way to elicit emotion from people. And number three, do the math for them. Don't leave it up to them to figure out what solution to, to buy or figure out how to quantify multiple solutions. You have to show them the math and make it very, very, again, make it very simple for them. And ultimately you're telling a story, right? Make it, make it a story because people love stories. And then, you know, the sales process doesn't feel like so much of, of a sales process. They're actually anxious and they want to know how, like, what's the end of the story meeting three, you know, like, you know, does he get the girl or not, you know, and, and, it, and it, it makes it kind of fun. And, you know, I tell people, even if you don't get the prospect, that's okay because you've got a really good um, prospect that you can continue to market to, right? And I've had people say no to me initially that come back six months later and this report drove them crazy. They never forgot the red and yellow and the, and the 27 score, right? So, you know, eventually they, they said, yeah, so, you know, you have a great opportunity and if they say no right now to get them later on. Uh, quick question from Lynette. Uh, so again, when do you tell your prospect that you're charging for the assessment? I gotta assume up front. I don't know. I do it in the first meeting. When we get there, I, I always tell, we always tell them on the phone, we're going to, we'll, we'll come in meeting number one. We'll explain our process. If everything looks good, we, we, uh, we can, we can actually start doing the fact finding, you know, that day. So they're, they're, they're aware that we're going to do data gathering and fact finding. When I come there, I have the audit consent form and I say, here's what it costs. Like I'm, I'm I always under the assumption, like, like you thought this was free. I, and I don't, and a lot of people do it for free, but I, mine doesn't say free. If they, or if they ask me on the phone, well, we'll tell them, no, it's a paid, it's a paid assessment. We can discuss the, you know, the, the, the parameters then if they say, I'll oh, forget about it. That's okay. But uh, in, in meeting number one is where I, you know, I, I tell them and usually at the point where they're signing the audit consent form. Where do people find you? How do they get a hold of you? Let's, you know, what's the best way to connect? Yeah, so our website's always the best place, you know, as a starting point. So it's www.audit4it.com. So auditforit.com. Um, you can uh, sign up for a free trial. So we do give you uh, 15 days free uh, where you can uh, use the system. There's no watermarks. You can generate as many reports as you'd like. We recommend you do a business review. Because if you are able to get in front of an existing client, they're not going to fire you because you came in with a different format and you get some good feedback. And I, I promise you that they will say, wow, this is so much better than anything you've brought in before. And that should give you some you know, confidence to maybe use it in your next uh, assessment. You can also download a copy. Uh, we have a 28 page sample audit report. So a lot of times people want to know like, well, what is this audit report look like? What's the deliverable? Download the report. Uh, I think at the bottom of our website, there's a, uh, a form where you can capture that information and um, get that in your hands and take a look at it because 
somebody's out, you know, people are using it out there. Like I said, you, you know, you don't want uh, one of your clients to, to hand that to you because someone else ran it, you know, on them as a prospect. So uh, that's the best way to, to reach out to us. Um, if, if there's additional questions, uh, you can route it to sales at auditforit.com. And uh, we'll be happy to get right back to you and answer any questions for you. Awesome. Hey, everyone. Appreciate you coming again. We're, we're, we're knocking out some really cool topics as we're doing MSP Initiative here. So again, every Tuesdays and Thursdays, 1 o'clock Eastern Time, New York uh, time zone, if you would. Uh, you know, Join us again next week as we continue the journey. But hey, Frank, really good stuff, man. I really appreciate you coming online. And I know everybody's time's all, all over the place, but I think it was really good today. Thanks so much for having me and thanks for doing this for the community. I think you're doing a great service where you're getting great topics and really helping, uh, you know, other MSPs learn. So, uh, you know, as an MSP, I, I say thank you as well. All good. Yes, Lynette, this recording should be online shortly after this at uh, mspinitiative.com. You'll see this with the rest of the videos available and you can watch whatever you want. Appreciate everyone for watching. Have a good one. Thanks, George.